0: Huh? You don't have to answer that, but just ask yourself that. Do you know the answer to that? Because I'm going to tell you something there's, something. there's power in your praise. And I'm going to tell you, when you come in this house, in God's house, and you're facing things or you're dealing things, sometimes you've got to get into His presence. And just like what Stephen was talking about, you've got you to produce and send out the praise of faith to help you overcome. Amen? Because 1 Peter 1, 1.9 tells us that, that it's our praise and it's our joy that brings us to the outcome of our faith. Basically, it's this. The anointing flows through the worship, and if you're entering in and you're expecting by faith Come on, the you are drawing on that anointing. It's, it's no different than when you draw on the anointing when I'm preaching the Word of God, and it just flows and it creates a cycle. But it's that—what I was saying was that 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 praise of faith is what First Peter one 9 tells us is that what brings us to the outcome of our faith. Well, the outcome of our faith is just simply the answers to your prayers, and I'm going to tell you—I remember reminded me when I was sitting there. The Holy Spirit reminded me of, uh, and this has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but we're going where the Holy Spirit needs us to go, amen? But uh, he reminded me of when we were at Rama, going through Bible college there, and we had only, I was in my first year. I remember we got up one morning, and I was getting dressed to go to class, and Anna, how old was Anna then, first year? I don't know. She was seven? Yeah, seven or eight years old. Y'all know Anna. She's now here, married to Nathan, uh... They're they're not here today, but anyway, Anna was in her bed, and Anna could Anna Anna started screaming, and she had tried to get out of her bed, and she couldn't walk. I mean, her legs just were like jello. I mean, she could barely, and then she'd just fall. And you know, I'm I'm getting ready to go to school, and I'm actually in my office there at the house doing my praying time, and then and you know and, and Mom runs in there to check her out, and then she calls me in there and. And, 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 you know, we had to respond. And I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I wasn't scared. Come on. I mean, y- your child just can't walk. And, and, and so I, I immediately allowed the Word of God to overcome that fear. I'll never forget this. Yes. And so I told her, we, I said, and, and Anna wasn't in any pain or anything. I said, I, told, I looked straight at her. I said, you? I said, you take her to the doctor, you get her out, you get this checked out, we'll get this figured out. I said, we're gonna pray right now, we're gonna believe, and we're gonna take authority over this, and we're gonna stand in faith, just like Stephen was just talking about, standing in faith for the healing of Christian. He was fully persuaded, I was fully persuaded, and I was so persuaded, guys, and this I, I was criticized for this, but I was so persuaded that when I prayed and took authority over that situation, I went to school. I didn't go to the hospital. Didn't go to the emergency room. I looked at her. I said, You take her, you get her looked at, I'm going to school. And she looked at me with big eyes and I said, It's okay. It's okay. Healing was paid for her. Now that's I, I knew where I was, I knew who I was, and I was standing in my faith, and I believed it, and I was fully persuaded. She took her to the doctor. They did all the scans they needed to do, and they saw something that didn't look quite right. Now I'm at school getting messages about what's going on. And and I'll never forget, every Tuesday when I was there, they had exaltation. And they would send the students to the, to the main auditorium and they would do worship for a little bit. And then it was a time of prayer. And so we began by praising and then it was a time of prayer. And that was my time. I went in there and God told me when I walked in, He said, I want you to praise me for who I am. And I did. I went in there and I didn't. I praised my heart out because I knew who he was. I knew what had already been done. And I knew that this was just simply an attack and glory to God. And I knew that it was not going to be victorious over my daughter. And I praised. I praised my heart out. The tears were coming. Not for just to bring any glory to me. And there were some people in class that knew what was going on. And by the time I got out of class, out of school, after exaltation, we went for our third class for the day. And I went on and and I went through. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to study and listen and and draw from the teachers when all this is going on. But I kept being, I, I was acting in my life as the word of God was true is what I was doing. That's what faith is, and that's what I was doing. And by the time I got out of class, they had sent Anna to a neurologist, and the time she went from the ER to the neurologist, and they had done the scans, and they saw whatever they saw, and by the time she got to the neurologist, he did his whatever it is. I don't know if it's an MRI or whatever it is again. He said, I don't know what they saw, but there is nothing there. There was nothing there. And she got Anna, literally, her strength slowly began to come back into her as she got to the neurologist. And by the time it was done, she walked out of the neurologist. She was carried into the hospital, wheelchaired all around and carried around. And by the time it was done, she walked out of that doctor's office. And the doctor said, well, I did my part. God did, his rest, did the rest. And I'm going to tell you, I was, I was you talking about a prayer, of, a praise of faith. That's exactly what that was right there, Amen. I sometimes you got to live your life just like the Word of God is true. I remember when uh, uh, Billy Brim, she's a, an evangelist teacher and chief pastors, or, or anyway in her church, she had a uh, she had a lady in her church. She was an older lady that had a sickness come on her, and uh, I, everybody okay. I hope this is encouraging. This isn't exactly what I was talking about today, but. She, this lady, she was an older lady, and she'd been raised in church all her life, and she, something had come on her body. I don't know all the details of this story, but she couldn't walk either. And she was back in a wheelchair. And uh, it was funny, they, they, the family, she had been, and now she couldn't walk, and now her family's having to figure out what to do, take her to doctors, and this, and that, and the other. And the, and the grandmama, she was probably 70 years old, and she said, I'm, I'm healed. She never proclaimed or never spoke the circumstances that was going on her. Even though she was in the wheelchair, she continued confessing, I'm healed. The Word of God says it. I believe it. I'm healed. I'm going to walk. And she's 70 years old. Well, the family's already given up on her. Well, Mama, it's okay, you know. We're going to take you to another hospital for for them to run some tests. And when they were taking her to the hospital, Mama said, told her son, she said, you roll me back in the house. And he said, why, Mama? We already got you to the van. And she said, no, you take me back in the house. And she, he said, why? And she said, I'm getting my shoes. He said, well, you don't need your shoes, Mama. You're in a wheelchair. She looked at him and said, you better get me in that house. I'm, getting, I'm walking out of that hospital. Yeah. Now, they laughed at her. And they thought, well, we just got our peas, Mama. She's 80 years old, 70 years old, whatever. You know, she don't know what she's saying. He rolled her back in. She got her shoes. She went to the hospital, and the doctor, she carried those shoes on her lap. And then the doc, she told the doctors, you do whatever you want, but you're not taking these shoes from me. And he, they were like, why? And they were like, why? And she said, I'm walking out of here. And this went on for two days, and she kept telling them. And she wouldn't let them have them shoes, and she kept them sitting right by her bed. And on the second day when she was in there, she woke up that, after that night sleeping, and she sat up inside of the bed. She put her shoes on, and when she walked out of that bedroom, The nurse, literally, that had been helping her all night long, literally fainted in the hallway right right there. But see, she was acting... In faith, which is believing, the Word of God says that by His stripes you were healed, past tense. That paid the price for that. She's, she was determined. She could have spoke the problems. She could have spoke the pain. She was probably in pain. Come on, we, we live in a natural world. But she was determined and fully persuaded that the Word of God was true and she was acting that way. Amen. Glory to God. Alright, alright. Here we go. We're getting it. What do y'all want to talk about today? I don't know. Ha <laughs> No, I really do have something. God gave me something. And it goes to, to what Michelle was talking about right at the end. Uh, you know, I hope that encourages somebody, what I just said here with you. Because, uh, you know, everybody goes through stuff. It doesn't necessarily be healing. You know, that's a big one. You know, and, 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 but it can be finances, it can be relationships, it can be a lot of things. And it's why you've got to understand the importance of your faith. We'll touch on that here in a minute, but your, your faith is important. You know, faith is one of the most under talked about things in the church. But your faith is what we're called to live by. Multiple times it says the just will live by faith. We're the just. Your faith, believing. Your faith is just what Stephen said, believing the Word of God is true. And, 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 and understanding that when what God said in there is yours, yes. it's yours. And you obtain it by your faith. Amen. And it's very important. So whatever you may be going through in life, learn to use your faith. When you have a financial situation maybe you need, I don't know, a refrigerator or whatever, use your faith. Go to God. All right, God, you know, I need this situation. I need it pretty quick. My food's getting hot, you know. Work with me. Work in my life. Open a door and, and, and allow Him to move in your life. And what that does is that builds up your faith. Because, let me tell you something, as you build your faith up to believe God for a refrigerator or a television or a phone or a pair of shoes or something simple... Glory to God, what you're doing is you're refining yourself so that when God needs you over here to believe for a church or to believe for a state or to believe for a world-winning program, glory to God, now your faith is built up where you can believe for the million dollars instead of the $300 for a TV. Amen. Glory to God, you've got to understand that because God's created you with a purpose, created you with a purpose. So let me ask everybody this. How's your light shining? That's actually what I titled to the, this message, This Little Light of Mine. My, was, my mom used to sing that song to me. I'll never forget that. Very precious to me. And you know, I wasn't raised in church, but my mom, she you know, she was there. She, she was and, and she knew the word and she knew uh, a lot and she tried her best to put what she could in me. Um. But our situation didn't allow us to be at church. And that's the whole other story. But she would share that. She would share that song with me, and that's that's very important because we've all, like Michelle was saying, Pastor Michelle was saying, you you we've been created with a light on the inside of us. Matthew five fourteen, Jesus says, "You're the light of the world." We are the light of the world. So the question we need to be asking ourselves is: Is your light shining? Don't answer that. Ask yourself that. Because what does it mean for your light to shine? When you when you think about Scripture and you think about and it talks about evil and it talks about the devil and it talks about all that is referred to as dark. Darkness. So why does Jesus refer to us as the light of the world? Because light always overcomes darkness, right? always overcome and what Jesus is saying is he's reminding us hey you've got something special on the inside of you you have Jesus living on the inside of you but also you have been empowered and created with a purpose and you are supposed to allow that light to shine to all of the lost and brokenness in this world you're supposed to be different we're called to be set apart we're called to not be living to the, according to the ways of this world we're called to, be, to, 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 uh, to, to not be conforming to the things of this world, right? And if you're doing that, and if you're different, if you're set apart, then your light's shining. But you've got to ask yourself, is your light shining? How bright is your light? Amen. Because it's very important. Because, and you can answer that question really easily by, by, by just looking at how much influence you have around you in your workplace or your family, come on, or, or, or in your city, or, or just wherever you're at. Do, are you actually influencing everybody? Because I'm going to tell you something. If you're not, your light's not shining very bright. And the sad thing is, as, is there are a lot of Christians today that had not even got the batteries in their flashlight yet, right? And, and that comes from not having the right perspective of, of the salvation experience, right? Because, because when you get saved, how do you now view Jesus? Do you view him as the Lord of your life or are you just, just using him as a ticket out of here? See, most people view Jesus in the salvation experience as, 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 as this is my ticket out of here. I'm out of here. All i got to do is get saved. I can continue to live however I want, right? But I can get saved and, and I'll give him some time, come to church here and there and, and, and to do all of these things. Now I've got my ticket out of here. But guess what? He's still not Lord of your life. Because see, when you make him Lord of your life, then you, that means you get a revelation of the plan and the purpose. You may not know the perfect plan, but you understand that he created you. For this time, for a plan and a purpose, and you have that revelation, when you see Him as the Lord of your life, now you realize you have a light. You realize He made you the way that He made you, gifts and talents, all of that with a purpose. I don't care who you are, everybody has a purpose. And when you view Him as your Lord and Savior, come on, you have that revelation inside of you, and you realize you have a light inside of you that will put out the darkness that surrounds you, that will put out the darkness of this world. And then when you understand that, you realize, hey, I need to get it out. I need to reach those people. Because you will have the love of God shed abroad on your heart, which happens at salvation. Now you view people with a different light. You have compassion for the ones that are hurting, regardless of race, nationality, age, color, whatever, gender. You love the hurting, right? You love the hurting. I, I well, never mind, I won't get into that, but glory to God, you you you, you, you understand? <laughs> I'm trying to save time here, glory oh, God. But listen, you gotta understand something. If you if your light's not shining very bright, the first thing you gotta do guys is you gotta understand you got a part to play in God's plan. Right? You have a part to play. See, too many people view, view Jesus as just, a, he's just an ATM we go to to fix our problems. Right? And that's part of it. But there's so much more. When He's Lord of your life, come on, then you, you, you're putting Him first. You're pursuing Him. You're learning everything you can about Him. You're renewing your mind on the Word of God every day. And then when you do that... Come on, you're, you're getting revelation of the Word so that you can uh, fulfill the plan that He's called you to fulfill. Amen? He's not just a magician up there playing, fulfilling our wants and our needs. And you got to understand, if you don't see the value in yourself, your light's never going to get turned on. Amen? If you don't understand that, you have a part to play. And, the, and I know we talk about this a lot, but this is an issue that people... Con- I hear this constantly... I'm just little old me. What can I do? I'm taking up space. I'm breathing air. I'm taking up food. Glory to God. No, you need to be bold about who you are. Understand who you are. Understanding how you actually play. Did you know that we all play a part in the end times? Every one of us has something to do. God created you for it. And it's very valuable. It's very important. You need to let that sink in. And that should give you a little pep in your step. Say, all right, Father, what is it i got to do? Jesus, what am I doing? What direction do I need to go in? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to... You know, you come on. Every one of us, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, glory to God, you were created to be a part of the plan of, this, of God's plan on this earth. Because you've got to remember, the reason Jesus came, came to the earth, the reason God sent him was, to re, was, of course, to save us, but it was to reestablish the kingdom that he started in the Garden of Eden before the fall of man. And in order to reestablish that kingdom, he needs us, he needs you. He needs each and every one of us, right? And that means, and, and, and the reason, you, well, you hear a lot of people today, they're, 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 they'll say things like, uh, well, you know, God doesn't need me. He's all-powerful, right? And I know that sounds all religious and that sounds all churchy, but people that say that don't have a clear understanding. They're not renewing their mind on the Word. They don't know what the Word of God says, right? Because there are things in this earth that God can't do without us. Amen. Now, don't look at me all like a, like a deer and looking in the headlights, but that's the simple truth. There are things on. He needs us, He created us for a purpose. I mean, people cry all, all the time God send a revival. I know a guy, that, a friend of mine, he just, he, we kind of go back and forth over this whole revival thing. And, you know, he's been praying for the revival for five years. And my argument to him is look, God's not going to send a revival. We are the revival. Come on, get excited about who you are and start letting your light shine and proclaim Jesus. Woo, getting excited. I mean, I'm trying to control my passion sometimes. You know, sometimes my passion gets me, and I guess I get a little too excited. But listen, God's not going to send revival without us. He needs us. That is the revival. People pray for years, just in the revival. We are the revival. If you want revival, then you need to pray it in that your people will get excited about who they are and start proclaiming Jesus over to God. Because I'm going to tell you something. There are things that we, God needs us for. And you've got to understand that. If you're going to let your light shine, you've got to understand how, valuable, how important you are to God's plan. Right. Look with me at Ephesians one. Twenty two through twenty three. Everybody say, "I am a light." Glory to God. Yes, you are. Ephesians one, verses twenty two and twenty three. And this is just one example. This is we see this over and over where, where, where Jesus uses this this uh, analogy here, and then it says uh, it says. Verse 22 says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made Him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Watch this. And the church is His body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with Himself. Guys, Jesus is the head of the church, right? Right? And we just, it just, Scripture just tells us right there that we are the body. Let me ask you this. Can your head do anything without your body? Come on, if you think so, send your head to go get you a cup of coffee, and I'll sit right here and watch and see how that's going to work out for you. It's not going to happen, right? It is not going to happen, right? That means, in other words, your head can't do anything without your body, and your body can't do anything without your head. Guys... Let me tell you something. When the body is fully in tune to what your head is telling you, everything operates right in your life. You know, I'm telling my hand to move, my arm to move. You know, everything goes right. And you can do things, right? Guys, the same thing is true with the body of Christ. When we are in tune to the head, which is Jesus... He's the head of the church, and we are the body. We are His hands, His feet, His voice on this earth. When we we fully surrender to the head, which is Jesus, when we're fully surrendered to Him, that means that we're in tune with Him, and we're obeying every prompting of the Holy Spirit. Right? We're We're hearing and we're obeying what He's telling the body to do. Think about it. Think about how much more powerful God can move in the earth. Think about it. The head can't do anything without the body. God needs you. We are the body. Are you willing to do your part? Now, let me misunderstand me now. God's will will be done. Even if he's called you to do it and you're busy. Because remember, he gave us free will to choose. And I know some people don't believe that, but that's a whole other different argument there. But God gave us free will to choose, to choose him or not to choose him. Right? And, and his will is going to be done. If he's, if he's called you to do something and you're too busy living life and you're not interested in him whatsoever, do you think he hold, puts his will on hold? No. He just pushes you to the side. He moves on. He sends that to somebody who is committed, somebody who's submitted, somebody who's obedient, and his will will be done. Now, he doesn't cast you out. Now, well, you will give an account. We all will give an account one day before him on what we did or did not do. Based on that, and that's a whole other sermon also. But the point is, is His will will get done. Amen? It will get done. But listen, if there's ever a confession you need to make over your life, every single day is that you need to confess that you will spend your day doing everything that you can to stay connected to the head, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something. That's where the power comes from. That's where the instruction comes from. From what he's calling you to do, where he's trying to lead you to do. Glory to God. Colossians two nineteen says, and it says, and they are not connected. Now, if you understand the story here, what's happening in the context? He's talking about people that aren't connected to to Jesus anymore, right? And because they're trying to to, to live in their own strength, it says it says. And they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body, for he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. So we see that the head gives us our strength right here. And that's what he's talking about. In other words, he's saying that the people that aren't connected to the head, they're in trouble. They're in trouble in this life because they're trying to do everything in their own strength. Amen. They're not trying to live by faith. They're not trying to believe God. They're not trying to allow God to work through them. Come on, really, I mean, how many people actually do what Jesus said when Jesus says the greater works shall we do because I've got to go to the Father, right? Well, Jesus performed miracles. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus did all of these things. Why are we not doing that? Because Jesus said we're doing that. We could do that. We should be doing that, right? Amen. Glory to God. Listen. Those people are in trouble because they're not connected to the head. They're trying to do it all in their own strength. Amen? And I'm going to tell you, because the head is what gives the body strength. Now, we're talking about letting your light shine. If you're going to allow your light to shine and be the example that God's called you to be and influence the people around you or influence the city. You know, there's people sitting in here that could influence the city. I believe there's people sitting in here that can influence the state. I believe there's people in here that can influence the world. I believe that, because let me tell you something. We, have, we are sitting in a room full of world changers. Amen? Amen. World changers. That should get you excited. Right? You're, you're calling on your life. You've got to understand, you've got a calling on your life. See, most people don't think they have a calling on their life. You have a calling. If you're a parent, that's your calling. Right? starts there. But you have a calling to do something for God. Your calling is not to go clock in at 8 o'clock, work 8 hours, clock out, go home, sit down, watch TV, eat a meal, shower, and get up and do the same thing again. That's part of it, right? But you're called to go make disciples in this world. You're called to reach the lost. You're called to reach the number one thing that God is interested in, and that is people. People. People, you all have a calling. You've got to understand how valuable you are to God and to his plan. Look with me at Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verses 14. Uh, yeah, 14. And we just talked about this. But I want to show you something here. You know, talking about your light being your light shining. Uh, verse 14, it says, Your lives light up the world. I like it out of the passion. It says, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead it's placed where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. All right. so Jesus is giving an analogy here. I like it out of the King James. He talks about when you light your candle, you know, you don't just put it on the floor, but you you, you put it on a candlestick. That's what they say. But it, the passion says that you, you, you turn your lamp on and you, you set your lamp where everyone can benefit from it. Now, I was going to show this analogy with candles, but... You know, last time we didn't use candles in here. Y'all, call, some of y'all had a funny look in your eyes. You know, I mean, it was it was getting a little scary. You know, Mister Deckard was back there chasing the kids with all this, and I thought better not do that. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> but if we, when you turn a light on or, tu- or light a candle, right? and we're talking about your the light. Your light is your influence, your realm of influence. How much influence you have, right? When you light a candle and you put it on the floor. It, it goes nowhere, does it? It doesn't. It's just a light down here on the floor. But you see, the higher you bring that candle up, and the higher it, you put it on a candlestick, and now everybody in the room can benefit from that light. You understand what I'm saying? So, so the high, what Jesus is saying here is, says, He's saying that the higher you raise, I want your light up here. I don't want your light down here. Because if your light's down here, not a lot of people can see it. You're not, in, you're, not, you're not influencing very many people. But Jesus says, I want you to raise that light up. I want you to ask yourself, where is your light? Where is your, who are you influencing? Do you have a desire to influence people? Amen? These are all questions you need to ask yourself. And you've got you to understand something. The higher the light, the brighter the light. Amen? And so, you've got to remember something. When you get saved, th- thinking about a light, when you get saved, in, th- in this analogy, the Holy Spirit comes in to empower your light and to turn, and to turn your light on. And then you, when you do that, when you get saved, now think about it like this, your lamp is on the floor. Because when you get saved, you don't know a lot, of, a lot about the things of God. Right? So in other words, so when you first get saved, you don't have a lot of influence. Now, what's going to raise that light up off the floor and bring it up? Well, you've got to grow spiritually. You've got to begin to to, to grow into the things of God. Amen? And then as you grow into the things of God, what happens? You get bolder about the things of God, right? Now, you're raising your light up a little bit. And then you, you start developing that relationship with God. You start, you, start, you start sensing and understanding the leadings of Him. You start having, uh, when the Holy Spirit prompts you, it quickly quickens your spirit. You quickly recognize that, and then you start taking steps in that direction. Guess what? Your light's coming up. Your light's getting on up. And now, now, now it, it, a lot of people can get the light to the table. And now this is where the problem comes in. People can get it to the table where they can. They got their light here. Now remember, your light is just your realm of influence. And this is one thing I don't like about the small groups. Because it holds people back from their potential. Because a lot of times when people get saved and they grow, and they get their light lit. See, when you first get saved, we have enough faith to get that light lit. But as you grow, your faith grows. And now your light gets up here, it gets a little brighter, and people get comfortable. They get comfortable in that intimate setting where they can, they get it on the table. And that's where most people keep a lamp, right? But Jesus said, I want you to light high. I want it where you can influence everybody. And when people get it on the table right there and they get it sitting right there, right? Then they get comfortable telling the few people right around them right there. And that's okay. But guys, I don't want you to get comfortable there. Don't stay there. You have the potential to put your light on high. You have the potential to, to reach and influence a lot of lost and hurting people. Each and every one of us work in places where there's a lot of people that are around. Some of us have large families. Glory to God. And we're all called to reach those lost people. But the question is, are you letting your light shine to its maximal level? Or are you just stuck in that intimate setting? Amen. Are you just stuck with your light on the table? Or have you got your light up here where you can reach everybody? You know, because if you're going to get your light up here, this is where your faith is going to come in. Because as you grow in the things of God, who's right there to stop you? Satan, the devil. Because the more you grow in the things of God, the stronger you get, the stronger you get against him. Now, he has, that gives him all of the motive to stop you to stop you, right? So the biggest question you have to ask yourself is, do you really want to impact people with the gifts and talents that God's given you? Do you want to use what God has given you to, for, for the, His glory? Or do you just want to use it to live your life in this world? Well, if you're going to do influence people and you're going to raise your light up, guys, that's where your faith is going to come in. Because when the enemy comes against you to stop you, you're going to need your faith to overcome him. Amen. You're going to need your faith to, to overcome him. And ultimately, you can't believe in your calling or your giftings without faith. Just like we can't have salvation without faith. You know, Pastor Michelle did a great job Wednesday night about, and she's doing a great job. This, I imagine, will be a multi-week series on faith, breaking it down. And I mean, it's just, you know, I've heard it a lot. But I'm going to tell you, the more you hear it, the more you learn. I don't care how, how, how much you know, how, long, how much you've been in school, how much you've been studying. When you teach it, and when the Holy Spirit brings different revelation, glory to God is very powerful. And faith is very important. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of people that have gifts and talents in their, inside them that could influence a lot of people for Jesus. Every one of us do. Everyone, did you know every one of us have untapped potential? You know, if you, statistically, that, that people only reach about 30% of their full potential. Everybody, of their full potential. Now, when I hear that, when I read that, I, man, that makes me want to, well, how do I find the rest? You know, that encourages me to, to, to get going. But see, first you've got to believe you're valuable, you've got to believe that God called you to his plan you got to believe that, that, that he, he, he made you a certain way. In other words, He gave you certain gifts, certain talents. Why? So you could just be happy on this earth. Well, that's part of it, but no. but So that you could help fulfill the plan that He has to reestablish His kingdom on this earth. And you have to have faith to believe that. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't believe in or respect God's calling on your life, Nobody else will either. They will not. They will not. That's the, one of the be, great, best things that you can ever remember. Because see, people understand. They, they know they may be talented in, a other, in an area. And some people even know they have a calling on their life. But who else knows they have a calling on their life? Right? I mean, who else knows? Because if you know you've got a calling on your life for Jesus or the things of God in some area you should be influencing somebody with that. Amen? You should be influencing everybody. But I'm going to tell you, when you make light of that calling and you just act like it's not even there, it's not, I don't need it, and, and when you just kind of disregard them, everybody else will. But see, when you respect them and you're bold about them and you're confident, see, it, see some people call that arrogance. And I think, I think Christians should be arrogant a little bit. You know, I know that... Well, not arrogant, but we should be bold about who we are. Right? It's not arrogance. All that is is saying, hey, I want my light to shine. I want to be the biggest influence that I can be for Jesus. Because there's a lot of people, especially in this day, and we're called for this time when so many people are giving up on life because of what's happening in our world, and they're just throwing everything away, and they're scared, and they're living in fear. And glory to God, I want you to know you're called for this time This where it may be difficult, and it's not really difficult if you study history. It's just we're going through another a phase. Just understand who you are and be bold about it and live according to God's Word by faith. It's not arrogance. It's not arrogance. It, it, it just saying, I don't want my light sitting on the table. I want my light on the top of the roof. I want it shining out. I want to be able to reach my city. I want my state changed. I want my work changed. My school changed. This, this, this United States changed. I want the world changed. There are so many people. So m- Oh, thank you, Father. There are so many people that should be should be in full time ministry. Now it's not my job to tell somebody they're in full t- they should be in full time ministry. They have to hear from God and walk that plan out themselves. But there's so many people that should be. And they never they they never get to that point. And and it's people you can see the potential. You can see that gifting and you can you can the Holy Spirit will give you a revelation of the calling and you're like wow they, they just have this certain, they can teach a certain way or they can speak a certain way or they can, they can do this or they can do that and you know it. But yet you see them living lost in the world, just living another lifestyle, just living the ways of the world. And, you, and, 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 and that's really sad. That's really sad. Because that just when you understand if that person would reach their full potential for God, think about, oh, glory to God, what they could do. How bright their light would shine. How much influence they would have on the people around them? Amen. Glory to God. Listen, you got to have faith, and you got in your calling, and you most importantly, you got to believe that you got to get excited about the things of God. But you got to believe in your heart by faith that God created you for the change that you're believing for, right? But believe that He will use you to bring that change to pass. Amen. You're, we're not called just to simply sit in the church. We're called to let our light shine. We're called to let our t- light shine at the bank, at the mall, in the parking lot. And I know I'm going to say this. We're called to let our light shine on the highway. And some of y'all need to be repenting right now. I've been around you. I see you around town. I'll be like, oh, gosh, I hope they didn't see me. No, no, I'm driving bad. I'm talking about them driving bad, you know? <laughs> I remember when people used to put those little fishes on their car. I'm going to show you how old I am now. Do y'all know what that meant? Right? People always you know, you get you know people would get in their little road rage thing. Y'all know what road rage is? Come on. Uh, I've seen some of y'all drive, I know y'all know what it is. But when somebody would get in front of you, you know, and you you know, you ever cut somebody off? Nobody's gonna ask for that one, right? I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know, sometimes you just get in the thing and you're not paying attention and you cut somebody off. Or maybe they kind of sped up behind you and you did it on purpose. I don't know. It just happens, right? It just happens. But I remember when they first started putting those fishes on. And this guy cut me off and come over on me. I mean, I thought he hit my bumper. I was like, you fool, you know? I didn't know Jesus then, so I used some adjectives to go along with that. And so he goes over in front of me and then I saw this fish. And I knew what that fish meant. And I sat right there and I thought, well... And then I kind of felt bad, you know. I'm yelling at him and because I saw this fish, you know, and then all that. And I'm thinking, yeah, and then about that time, he gives me a one-finger uh, gesture out the window. And I'm thinking, what? You know what? Lord, how's your light shining? His wasn't shining very bright right there, right? He was confusing me. So what he was doing, I didn't know Jesus, you know. So, <laughs> well, listen. Listen, God's called all of us. And, he, and, and he's the, Jesus is the hit. Jesus, the head, gives us strength to do what we're called to do. If you're not connected to the head, you're, not, you're, gonna, you're just doing it in your own strength. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how big and how strong you are or how, how determined you are, any of that, you're only going to go so far in your own strength. You've got to be connected to Jesus. You've got to be connected to the head of the church Because we are His hands, we are His feet. And as He leads us, you've got to be close to Him to where you can sense that leading and that prompting of the Holy Spirit to say something, to not say something, to move, to not move, to do this, to go here. Come on, to go to Japan, go to China. To do What's He telling you to do? It's amazing how many people don't even know that God's trying to tell them to do something. And that goes back to people thinking that they're not a part of the plan. But you are a part of the plan. God's trying to tell all of us something to do. Everybody. Every day. He's trying to lead us. But are we listening? Amen. Are we staying connected? And are we listening, right? And are you using your faith? Because you believe everything in the Scripture, just like Stephen said, by faith. And that faith is very important. 1 John 5, 4, out of the Passion, said that every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Guys, God has made a way for every single person to succeed at what He's called them to do. And He created us all, remember, to, to reestablish His kingdom and all called to do certain things. We're called to be His hands, His feet, His arms, His leg, His voice in this very earth. Glory to God. He's not just a musician. He's made a way for all of that, and that's right here in His Word. And it's called His promises. Now, people ask me all the time, Pastor, how come you don't just give out the promises? There's a lot of promises, and I'm not giving them to you. <laughs> Why? Because you need to be renewing your mind. And as you're renewing your mind and you're reading the Scriptures, you find the promises. Start, the Holy Spirit will start giving you revelation. See, if I can give them to you, then you become dependent on me giving them to you. And then you, uh, you will only hold on to the few that I have time to give you, and you'll never look for more. And there are a lot of promises. So the point is, is you need to be pursuing the promises for your situation. Because right? And you've got to understand what this Word says. First, who this Word says you are. And, then, who's, uh, and this, then what this word says is yours. Come on. What it says you can and cannot do. You need to understand all of that. And then you've got to figure out how do you bring those promises to pass in your life. Guys, that's where your faith comes in. Hebrews 6.12 says that you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Now, why is that important? We're talking about your light shining. We're talking about you impacting, impacting or influencing people for Christ. Why is your faith important? Your faith is what we tap into the power of God, right? We've learned that. But I'm going to tell you something, and please listen to me. If you didn't get anything out of today's message, I know there was so much I wanted to get into and I was trying to skip over some stuff. But listen to this. If you're going to reach the lost people around you, please listen to me. And if you're going to reach the the ones that you work with, the ones in your family, the ones in your city, in this world, in this nation, if you're going to reach the lost people, there's got to be something different about you. Ask yourself, is this, what's different about you than the world? Don't answer that, just ask yourself that. What's different about you than the people that are in the world? Now, if you're back and forth in the world and giving God a couple weeks or a couple of Sundays a month, you know, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, guys, you've got to change something in your life. Because if you're going to do what you're called to do, which all of us are called to reach the lost, there's got to be something different about you. Because you're not going to reach the lost. Now, I'm not saying this won't work, but it's not as productive by simply coming to the lost, holding your scripture and quoting Bible verses, giving them information. Because if you're standing up against a, someone with the Koran, they're doing the same thing to you. Now you're just in a debate, which can turn into an argument. Now you're going to leave and nobody's going to, nothing's going to change. Right? So in other words, if you're going to reach the loss, it can't be simply based off of information. It has to be based on your life. And if it's based on your life, then something's got to be different about your life. In other words, they've got to be able to look at you and see something different. Now, they don't need, to, they don't need you coming to them and say you need to come to us because I have a list of rules or have this information that says that, right? Now, now, no, they need to be able to look at you and your life. And see something different. I remember when I first got saved, I didn't really understand what all was happening, but I got saved, and Michelle got me an awesome little Bible. I still have it. I could keep it in my jacket pocket, and I worked like Stephen and Earl and them, and I worked all day long, and I would, in between my stops at some of my places, I would have a few minutes, and I'd sit down and I'd just read that Bible. And I was a sponge. I was a fun, you know how it is when you first get saved, you're just like, you want to learn everything. I did anyway. And I did, because I'm going to tell you something. I was living in the world, and I was going down a dark path that was going to kill me, right? And so when I got saved, I, got, I was learning, I was soaking, I was developing my relationship. I mean, I would just literally talk to God driving down the road. I didn't care. I mean, I was excited about the change that was taking place in me. And I remember when I would go to my customers, because I, I, I had many customers a day, you know, you deliver here, deliver there, deliver there, deliver there, pick up here, here, here. You know, and you're, all, you're seeing a lot of people. And I remember after I got saved, they, they would make comments. There's something different about you. There's some, why are you always so happy? And one, one lady told me, said, said, you, you, you got a glow about you. You got a glow about you. I didn't know what in the world they were talking about. I was thinking, well, maybe it's my black hair because I did have black hair. And then I was like, you know, you know, you know. now that it's blackish now. But they could see that something happened, they could see that something was different. They knew me. These customers knew me before. And now they knew. they saw a difference. Right? I didn't have a flashlight in my pocket. Right? All I was doing was consuming myself with the Word, and I had walked away from my old lifestyle, left it all. I was pretty lonely for a while there because I left all that behind, and all the friends that I had were not good friends. Right? But I had changed. I had, was consuming myself. My, now my relationship and my focus was my source, my Lord of my life, not just my Savior. He saved me. Thank God for that. But he became Lord of my life. And let me tell you something, that light was just shining off of me and I had no control over it. And I, it, it got more people saved. More people saved. Right? But they could see something different in me. What could they see? Guys, it was because I was learning about faith, and I was learning about. See, you have to have faith for salvation, but I was learning about the power of God working in my life, right? Because that's what was changing my life. It had to be the power. If you understood what all I had been through, was addicted to, and all of it was the power of God that delivered me from it, and that power of God was illuminating from my life and illuminating from every obviously. Me, I don't know, but it was illuminating and that was and that was attracting people to you, to me. Guys, people gotta see that in you. They've got to see something different. They have to see something that will attract them to you. They're not coming to you because you know information of the Bible. They're, they're not coming to you just because you have a fancy church building. They're not coming because they're having a pretty good time other than living their life, partying it up, doing whatever. Come on, they're, they're, for a little while they're feeling good. They may go through some slumps, but they're still drinking a little more, doing a little more, feeling pretty good, you know. Right, but they need to. to, What's going to bring them to Christ is seeing the power of God working in your life, and that is only going to happen by faith. Are you using your faith? I'm going to tell you something. The first time, I remember we were we were in uh, in Mexico, and we were praying for some people on the street, and there was a guy that uh, he had a, something was wrong with his arm. He couldn't straighten his arm out. And the guy that I was with, he was like, well, you want to just, you know, you want to witness to him, you know. I said, no, let's get him healed. He's like, what? I said, yeah, let's get him healed. You know, we'll deal with the witnessing part next. And he was kind of a rough looking guy. And, um, you know, at that time. And so we went to him and I could have went up and just took my Bible and started giving scriptures and this, that, and other. And through the interp- even the interpreter was like, you know, he's a little sketchy. You know, I don't know, he may be in the gang. This, that, and other. I didn't care. So we going to get him healed. Let's get him healed. And we went up, and we and, and the and the guy, the gentleman that was with me, he didn't, you know, he had never seen anything, any kind of healings or anything. And and so, I went up and I asked the guy, I said, "Can I pray for you? he's like, oh, you can't pray for me. And I said, no. I said, can I pray for your arm? I was trying. I couldn't speak. I, this was all going through the interpreter. And the interpreter explained, you know, can to pray for your arm? And, and, and he couldn't be in it. He could be in it about like that. And that was about all he could do. And then, um, and so I, he said, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, you can pray for it. So we prayed for him. And, and you know, I asked him to, to move his arm, this, that, and the other. And, and uh, long story short, he got a little bit more movement in his arm. It wasn't completely, completely straight. And so I said, no, 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 that's not healed, you know, so we're going to pray again. We, we prayed and prayed, and it wasn't like we were fighting. I was waiting on him to agree with our faith. And long story short, he, he got to where he could move his arm. And I, and, and I mean, he could straighten it back out. So he was healed as far as that was. I never really could understand how much pain he was in because all this was through an interpreter like that. And after all of this, this took about 20 minutes to do. And once, once that happened, guess what he wanted then? Tell me something else. He didn't want us to leave. He didn't want us to leave. Now the guys that were with us they had never seen anything like this only, I was still new to this, but see, it's great when you're new, you know, you don't care, you know, you kind of bold, and, yeah, let's just do it, you know, I'm not doing it, God's doing it anyway, he said I can do it, I'm going to do it, and you know what, no glory to me, but the point is, is we got him healed first, and when he saw the power of God move, he wanted to be a part of it, and we got him saved, glory to God, guys, if you're going to reach the people around you, because you've got to remember this, I'm closing with this, I promise The only Jesus, this is so, let this sink in. The only Jesus that most people in this world will ever see, ever see, is in your life. It's in your life. So ask yourself, how's your light shining? Because I'm going to tell you, if they don't see Jesus in your life, and if you're back and forth all wavering and all over the place, come on. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be a part of it. They don't want to be a part of it. So how's your light shining? Amen? How's your light shining? How bright? Get your light high. Get it to the sky. Get it to the top so that you can be the influence that God's called each and every one of us to be. Because I'm going to tell you something. If there's ever been a time that where we need to get Jesus out there, it's this very day. It's this very day. And I'm not going to get into all of the the prophecies and what's happening and what's coming to pass, but all I can tell you is that we got to be ready. We have to be ready. It's time to be ready. And people say, well, they've been saying that forever, right? For, for as long as I live, they've been saying that. Understand what's happening. We need to be ready. we got to get Jesus out there. And if you've got some things in your life that you got to get straight, then I, I suggest get those things straight. Get those things straight. Get ready. And start pursuing what God has called you to do. You've got somebody that needs to see Jesus in your life so that they can have Jesus in their heart, so they can have an eternal life in heaven. Glory to God. Because there's people that need their pain to stop. And it's only going to stop from us. From us. The church. The body of Christ. Amen. His hands, His feet, and His voice.